Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, today we're going to talk about two words, the resurrection and the return. Before we dive into that, I want to say thank you for listening. As always, we exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ want to mention a couple of things. I don't always do this on the podcast, but when you open it up, there's a support this podcast button. You can smash that and you can support us. It could be as little as 99 cents a month, $4.99, 10 bucks, whatever. We're always trying to up our game, get new gear and make great podcasts for you. And again, you can listen to it on whatever app, whatever podcast platform you listen to. Search Grace Point Daily, point with a T, all one word, Grace Point Daily, and you will get it. Again, like it, share it, all those kind of things. So here's what I want to talk about today, the resurrection and the return. As I talked about, we, a couple weeks ago in our church, we had some revival slash spiritual emphasis services, and we had a really great time. I'm recovering from it, so sorry. We're going to get back into the groove of all of our podcasts. But one of the questions I was pondering was, you know, talking about what do we do after a move of God, and I was thinking about the first church and their interaction, how they experienced this great revival, and then some of the characteristics. And then it it led me to this thing I've been doing on Wednesday night in our church called the characteristics of the new church, New Testament church, the first church. You know, what were things that came out of them during this period of time that continued to make them great? Because it wasn't just one move of God. It wasn't like it was just Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and it was all over. They had to continue to push forward and move forward into what God had in store for them. And I'm just going to talk about one aspect of that today in this podcast, one aspect or characteristic of that church that made them so powerful, that really changed their perspective and motivated every aspect of the church, their individual life, and what they what they did together as believers, as followers of Christ. And those two foundational truths were the resurrection and the return. The first one was the resurrection. I mean, think about this. Finally, after generations, tons of foretold prophecies of long ago through different prophets, they had been waiting for this Savior. They've been waiting for the fulfillment, the Messiah. And now he comes, this guy named Jesus. And there were questions about him. They thought maybe he was a great man, maybe he was a great teacher. But now they know without a shadow of a doubt he is the Messiah. Why? Because the grave's empty, the tomb's empty, and he's a risen and he's a resurrected God. And for them, that changed everything. In other words, let me just put it like this. They just all of a sudden, they realize, wow, my God is real. Our God is real. And that just that truth alone motivated them and propelled them to want to do things for God, to share who this Jesus was with everyone. And I want to take you to that fundamental truth right now. And I want to tell you something. Your God, Jesus, is real. That is, if you know Jesus, if you have Jesus in your life, if you've made a decision to become a follower of Jesus, your God is is real. That's amazing. I mean, can I tell you there are a multitude, a plethora, hundreds and thousands of fake gods people pray to that they seek after that they're, that they're trying to find fulfillment and life in that are absolutely 100% dead. But your God is real. He's resurrected. He's not in a grave. I was in, I've been in Kenya before doing ministry there. And there's a religion there. <clears throat> there's people that you'll see dressed in white and, and all all over the place. And I started to ask my friend, you know, what is that? What religion is that? And they talked about how that this guy some years back basically created a, 
you know, he was Jesus and he mixed it with different religions and African culture. And so basically he was going to be, you know, the, excuse me, the African Messiah. And everyone began to follow him. Thousands of people, right? And he died and he said he was going to rise again. And so this guy dies and he's buried in a tomb and thousands of people waited in expectation for him to rise from the dead. And he never did. But yet today, there's still a multitude, a plethora of those people that are still following this dead God. His, his grave is there. His body is there. He's not resurrected. But I want to tell you something. Your God is real. That should change everything. That should change how you act. That should change how you live. That should change change how you invest your time, your energy, and your effort. It should change how we love and treat people. It should change everything. And for this church, it did. It changed everything. They're like, wow, our God is real. He's the resurrected God. He's the real one. He's the one we've been waiting for. And now it's our job to tell everyone about him. It's not time to just exist as a church and to have a nice, cute little church, but we're supposed to go and tell everyone about this resurrected Jesus, the resurrection. Let me read a verse, passage of scripture from Philippians chapter three, verse 10. It says in this, so that, uh, and this, so that I may know him experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable, remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows in his active in believers. And that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did. Let me tell you something. These writers, these New Testament, this first church, they were so motivated by the resurrection that I mean, even in this passage of scripture, did you read that? He's like, I I want to know the resurrection. Not only have I seen it, I want to experience it. And the resurrection has changed everything in my life. The power of his resurrection is not just simply something that we know about. It's actually in us. Think about this today. Your God is real and his resurrection power is in you. And so now they're like, I want to know him. I want to, I want to have fellowship with him. I want to tell everyone about him. The simple truth of the resurrection changed everything for that first church. So your God is real. And that in turn bodes the question to you. Do you believe your God is real? Do you believe that your God is the resurrected one? If he is, if that is true and his resurrection power is in you, that changes our perspective, our hearts, how we live and how we act. In Jesus' name, amen? He is the resurrected one. And I'm, I'm jealous of them too at the same token, right? Because for us, we have faith in Jesus. We, my whole life is built on Jesus. But I've never got to see him in person. And for some of those first church, for some of those early believers, they got to see the resurrected Jesus in person, in real life. So number one, it was the resurrection. And number two, most importantly, it was the return. So the simple reality is that your God is real. He's the resurrected one. He is the only God. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other one but him. Just Jesus is the only God and the only way that you can experience salvation and eternal life through Jesus. And that Jesus, that God that is absolutely real, he is returning. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 20, it says, So Christ, having been offered once 
and once for all to bear as a burden the sins of many will appear a second time when he returns to earth, not to deal with sin, but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly and confidently waiting for him. And those are two great words that I hope that we can capture in our spiritual life. Are we eagerly waiting for Jesus? Here's the reality, especially as American believers, is most of our life isn't built around the eager expectation that a resurrected God named Jesus is going to return. So much of my life is about me. It's about money. It's about getting the things that I want. It's about preparing for when I get older so that I can have the things I want there and I can do whatever I want. But yet for them, their whole life, they thought Jesus was going to come back in that generation. And I want to tell you, Jesus is going to come back. And a good friend of mine had a discussion the other day. We are just talking off the top of our head. I'm like, you know, I, I wonder why he hasn't come back yet. Is it is it us? Is it something that we have done? It's because we haven't faithfully preached the gospel? Or what is it that has withheld the return of Christ to humanity? But I want to tell you something. He is returning. And I love, there's something I love about dear old saints in the Lord or Christians that are kind of older in Christ and uh, I'm not picking on old people, but just saying one of the things I love about them is that they love thinking about the return of Christ. And for someone in my phase of life, I have young kids and I'm just, I'm busy all the time and sun up to sun down. There's always something going on. And, you know, there's an element of my life where I don't often sit back and just ponder and think about the truths of God enough. One of which is that he is going to return. And that should change everything for me. He's resurrected and he's returning. And that's something I should be eagerly thinking about and processing and being like, whoa, dude, Jesus is going to return. And I, I'm eagerly seeking that. And number two, there's a confidence in that. I'm eagerly and confidently waiting for him. I have a confidence that my God is resurrected and that he is going to return. So here's these two things, the resurrection and the return. Those were the two primary motivating factors, and they were the reasons that the first church did every, literally everything that they did was built off of the resurrection and the return. We got to preach the gospel. We got to go to the ends of the earth. Why? Because our God is resurrected. He's the one true God and everyone now beyond the Jewish, not just Jews, but Gentiles, everyone needs to know about Jesus because he's resurrected. Number two, he's returning. If people don't have Jesus, if they haven't heard the message, if they don't have salvation, they're going to be lost for all of eternity. The resurrection and the return were so powerful to them. And that's my prayer is that we would capture the heart of the resurrection and the return once again. Two different stories. Number one, it was a couple of years ago, I was at a summer camp with young people and Youth camps are always awesome, right? You're away, you're focusing on the Lord and kids are, anyway, we're at a night service and worshiping, great speaker, kids are at the altar. And I just remember praying that just saying, God, raise up a generation that believes passionately that you are returning, that you are going to return. And that's my prayer for myself, but God, help us to really, 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 really believe that Jesus, you are coming back 
and let that begin to affect my life and my thinking and the things that I do and the things that I say, how I use my time, that Jesus, you are returning. The second one is now I'm in an area of the country where I'm not too far from Kansas City, and there's a great ministry there called International House of Prayer. I have a friend who works uh, in a section of that ministry, and one day I had him go up and give me a tour of some of the buildings and the things, and we went to the section that's really kind of famous um, nationally, I guess globally in some ways, is the 24-hour prayer where there's constantly people, every, 24-7 prayers being lifted up. And we and, and you can feel it's a great environment, I'm, all those kind of things. And we go in the back room and just begin to talk and begin to tell me about the ministry of International House of Prayer. And the one thing that they, they're, they're, a lot of their ministry is built off is just talking about the return of Christ, preparing the way. And I had never, I mean, I believe Jesus is the resurrected God. I believe he is returning. I've never not believed that since I became a Christian, but I don't know that I really let that affect me. I don't know if I really, if it affects my prayer life the way it should. And after hanging out with a group of people that were so, had an entire ministry almost built off of, it's all about preparing the way for the Lord. It's all about a second coming. We're studying it. We're praying it. We're, we're, we're worshiping it. We're, we're eagerly and confidently waiting for him. And that really, that really affected me and said, man, Lord, help me to be, have a greater perspective. Help me to live like this said in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 28, help me to live with a greater eagerness and a confidence about that you are returning. And let that really become a greater motivation for me as a leader, as a preacher, as a man of God, as a father of all of these things that it begins to infiltrate and affect every part of us. And so I'm, I'm praying for a revival. I guess after we come out and came out of a great time of revival, spiritual emphasis for a few days, that's a truth that just came rushing, came at me. Was that like, Man, they were all about the resurrection and the return. And the whole church, it was is their motivating factor. And God, let there be a revival of that in the church, kind of overall. And I guess really specifically in my life and in the church that I'm leaving, that leading that, God, we have a revival of the truth and reality that you are the resurrected, that you're a real God. That And God, let me, that sounds... You know, it was like, well, I already know that. I already believe that, Pastor Jeremiah. But God, let that really affect us. I mean, when we worship, when we pray, when I, you know, I'm, in our church, it's a regular encounter. It's a, you know, that we bring people to the altar and we pray for them. Hey, we're going to pray today that you'll get healed. And we are there needs today? God, when I begin to pray and lay my hands on people and whatever pray prayer I'm about to pray, let me really, really believe that you are a real resurrected God as I proclaim this over the lives of people. That God, as when I pray for people, I'm like, in church, hey, who wants to get saved? Who wants to welcome? Who wants to make a decision for Christ? That as I begin to lead them and pray, they're saying, wow, this person is coming in contact with the resurrected God that is inside of me that I know, whoa, this is amazing, right? the resurrection. God, help me live. Let me be more affected with the return. That is like, I hope I'm living right. I'm hope I'm living with passion. I'm hoping that I'm making the most of every opportunity because Jesus is going to return right now. Think of that as you're listening to this podcast, as you're driving your car, as whatever you're doing in just the next moment, bam, he could return. Wouldn't that be amazing? I wonder where I'm going to be. 
when he comes back. You ever thought about that? And like cruising in my car and, and I always think like, I hope I'm not doing something dumb. <laughs> I hope I'm not, you know, doing something. I hope I'm like seeking the Lord, praying, sharing Christ with someone when, when he returns. But I hope I'm, I'm beating the drum. I've said it over and over again in this last few minutes, but I think it's important. The first church, their heart, their motivation, their passion was built off the resurrection and the return of God. So let me, let me leave you with that today to encourage you that you are serving a real resurrected and powerful God. So, and he's inside of you that, that, that spirit and let it, so let it flow out of you. Let it conform you, let it change you and just affect you in every single way. And secondly, that your God is returning and that should motivate us in our prayer life with our kids and our family and lost friends and our city and the communities that we're in. So God bless you. I hope that's just a quick word of encouragement. Keep listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Thank you. I will talk to you next time. And if you ever want to give us a shout out, go to gracepointdaily at gmail.com. But I will talk to you later. Thank you.